0: And I think that's what causes our depression, because we we just simply think too much outside of the basics of what, like Sifi said, love, shelter, family, um, the basic needs, being in the moment, being kind. Keeping yourself motivated takes work. If you don't work out your body, you get fat. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast, your source for inspiration and motivation to achieve your goals, empowering you one word at a time. Umar Jang is an author and a blogger, and he will get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is Motivational Voice Podcast, and this is Umar Jang.
1: What's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 14. Today I have the pleasure of sharing with you a podcast interview I did with Sifi and Tor, whom I have known for many years and followed their travels and adventures with a great deal of interest. If you have been putting off traveling, even if it is across the border to another state or to a neighboring country, you really should consider doing it and doing it soon because we never really know how much time we have on this earth to do all the things that we are waiting to do when we retire. I hope and pray that we live to be in our 90s and 100s with good health. But really, nothing in life is certain. I hope that when you hear the life lessons that are shared in this episode, it will encourage you to go out and see the world. All right, I'm going to stop talking now so we can actually start the interview. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Sifian Tor. Thank you very much, Omar. Yeah, this is your first time on the podcast, so I'm excited to have you. And uh, first, I'll actually have you guys introduce yourself and just talk about who you are and and what you do.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, first off, thank you for having us on your show. Um, My name is Tor Torkelson. I'm uh, originally from Minnesota. Um, I set out. Uh, at, a, at a very young age and became a, a traveler. So if, if anything, I'm, I consider myself a traveler. And uh, aside from that, I'm a writer, a publisher, and to put food on the table, I do customs brokering and logistics in Africa for uh, American companies, uh, government agencies, and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, m- my passion is, is the deep wild getting out and traveling, culture, and uh, trying to tell a good story.
1: Right, right, well, thank you. What about you, Siffy?
2: Hi, Omar, um, thanks for having us on the, the podcast here. Um, well, I'm also, uh, I'm Siffy Torkelson, I'm originally from Minnesota as well, and I ended up going out west, started my travels um, to go to college, and I'm a geographer, I studied geography, and then also a cartographer, as well as a publisher and writer. And I've lived in several states and I've started to really um, expand my travel now. I, that My first um, most unique place I went was Madagascar in the Peace Corps and then since then, and then we reconnected here, Tor and I did, and I've been over here in Germany now for four years, and I make maps um, in my my day job, I guess you'd say, and then and I work on writing and publishing for our business, Sacred World Explorations.
1: Great, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's really cool. I, I don't know a lot of cartographers, actually. I don't know any <laughs> other cartographers, so this is pretty cool. Uh, the reason I wanted to get have you guys on the show is that uh, really, over the years, I've seen you guys post some amazing photos from really around the world. And uh, where are those pictures from? Oh, Omar, I, that,
0: that's, a, <laughs> that's a hard question. I, I, I mean, as we go, um, constantly traveling, I mean, it could be the Himalaya, uh, the Amazon, the Sahara. Uh, it, it, they're all over. So... As we travel, we post. Uh, we're really not photographers. Both of us are more uh, inclined for research and in writing. So it's kind of snappies, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, when you when you put yourself out there into really wild places, and you observe the uh, what's going on around you with wide open eyes, and and uh, the light's right, and the composition falls into place. It happens, I guess. Yeah.
1: Okay, All right. What are snappies for those who may not be familiar with the, uh, the the term?
0: Well, just kind of a zen-like moment when you see something and just quick take a picture and, you know, you're inspired, kind of a visual haiku.
1: Okay, All right. Okay, well, that makes sense. Okay. Now, what have your travels taught you about life?
2: Okay, I'll start with that one. Um, one thing I've noticed in all the places that I've traveled is uh, that there may be unique cultures but the people everywhere are the same we all um, want we all want shelter we want food we want love we want meaning in our life we want to be safe so these things I see worldwide despite the uniqueness of each individual culture and
0: you know and I'll follow up with you know, I've done a lot of hardcore traveling in, in places where people aren't as fortunate in uh, many ways as, as we are. And, but one thing that's always kind of struck me is, is how the people that might be living in a cardboard box on the street with nothing are so kind and generous, so easy to laugh and, and share and seem so, so genuine. You know the I mean, if they had one banana left, they'll give it to you if they think you're hungry or it'll make you happy. And so that's always struck me as strange as a an affluent Westerner. I mean a person that basically has always had everything i I needed. I never had to live on on the street in a cardboard box. And but you know, so as when I get philosophical about it all, for instance, if I'm traveling through Niger or India or somewhere, it's, I think, well, what is it, you know? And I think it's, I don't know, it, we are living in a sort of existential angst, you know? and I think yeah. that's what causes yeah. our depression, because we, we just simply think too much outside of the basics of what, like Siffy said, love, shelter, family, mm-hmm. um, the basic needs, being in the moment, being kind, yeah. And yeah. so that, that that has struck me uh, quite often. I mean, when I'm traveling, I, I just, you know, it's like, wow, these people are so nice to me, so giving to me without expectations normally.
1: Yeah. You know? And it's, no, no I, I absolutely know what you mean. Um, as you guys know, I'm, I'm originally from, from Senegal, West Africa. So, uh, and I remember growing up as a kid and, and my, my dad would... Would just actually my mom too would have relatives come and stay with us and we I mean we weren't rich by any means actually we you know we were just making it uh, if I think about it and we would have people coming over all the time and people can just stop by and and have lunch and share our meals and and uh, even if we were struggling with trying to feed everyone we didn't you know we didn't kick people out we just welcomed them and shared whatever food we had. And that really kind of kind of struck me and, and stayed with me as I as I grew up. Uh, and there's actually a term for it in in, in Senegal specifically. It's called uh, teranga, which means you know when you have a guest, you have to do your utmost. Um, pass, you know, we almost uh, work and, and give them whatever you have and welcome them so they feel welcome and and loved. So I definitely identify with that. Uh, so mm-hmm. now, what what has that Taught you about yourself. Can you talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the I guess the introspective, where you're looking within to 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 learn things about yourself.
0: Well, well, it 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 tells me internally, like in my own introvert voyage, that uh, to simplify, to you know, to really um, scale down to the basic things, to truly love to truly believe in humanity, to be humane, to want to make a difference, to live a meaningful life. You know, all those things. I mean, so travel, I mean, I've been fortunate to go to these places that a lot of people are afraid to go to. But in turn, it's, it's been a blessing because it's, it's really helped me to, to think in, on a deeper level yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and want to be a better person.
2: Yeah. And also, how you can you can get by. You really don't need all the things in Western society you think that people think we need. You know people are constantly wanting larger houses, more stuff. You don't need all that stuff. It's just nice not to worry about it at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know the, the funny thing Lamar, is 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 right now we're in a transition and and we're gonna sell our house and everything. and and we really look forward to, a simple life, even, uh, like yeah. twelve, you know, twelve by ten cabin, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that would be enough. Even a tent would be enough. Yeah. And so we don't need uh, four thousand square feet right. of emptiness.
1: Yeah, tell tell that to my wife. Um, <laughs> 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 so, but but no, I absolutely know what you mean. And and uh, the, this past July, I took the kids with me uh, to visit uh, my my parents, uh, my mom specifically, and my Extended family in Senegal, and the the one thing that, that struck him was exactly that. You know, there wasn't an abundance of things and, and and everything. You didn't have a full pantry of food that you could just go to and, and snack on. You didn't have, you know, furniture everywhere and clothes everywhere. People had very little, and they focused on just living life. And and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was very minimalistic, and it, it was relaxing and healing, and uh, in a certain way. So, you know, I, I definitely identify with that. Uh, now, Sifi and Tor are your pseudonyms, am I right? Mm-hmm. How did you come up with those names?
2: Well, um, Tor and I reconnected about, oh, gosh, it's been about seven years ago now, and he wanted to kind of reinvent our life. And so, and we both have Scandinavian ancestry, okay. and his... The name Torkelson actually comes from the god Thor. It means Thor, Thor killed son. I think it is. I yeah.
0: Hold on! Uh, <laughs> oh, no, don't tell all this family secret stuff.
2: <laughs> and so we thought, well, well, and Thor is like the god of thunder, and then so in mythology in Scandinavia, his wife is Sif. But I thought Sif just sounds better if I add an F Y, so Sify. Yeah. <laughs> And so we use that for, you know, our writing names and nicknames. Well, we just
0: thought, you know, we're in our 50s and we thought we'd been, you know, we've been through a lot in life. And, and we wanted to not go like, oh, we're, you know, the end is near, we're on the downslope. We wanted to, like, reinvent it and be excited about it and, and you know, right. go out and do something wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So does it mean that for Halloween you dress up as Thor?
2: Uh, Sometimes.
1: (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Well, if I want to keep this marriage
0: intact, I probably should.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, what are some of the most memorable places that you've you've been to? I know you mentioned Niger and you mentioned, uh, I believe, India.
0: Well, yeah, I I mean, as a traveler, um, I've been traveling for a long time since I was a kid. But, you know, places, I, I really love deep wild. And by that I mean like, places like deep into the Himalaya, deep into the Sahara, deep into the Amazon, the Arctic, those kind of places, uh, that's where magic happens. When you're out there, you're exposed, there's no one to pull you out and help you. You know, so from a kind of a spiritual aspect, those places, um, you know take you to another level there's a lot of other places that you know in travels that are one that I've uh, I'm attached to I mean I love Japan I love the culture the food those things I, I love Lake Superior in Minnesota I mean that's like one of my spiritual you know centers for sure I mean that big body of fresh water and as you know Omar coming from Senegal water is huge I mean, I think a lot about water these days as I travel around Africa. Water is life.
1: Yeah.
0: No, that's so when I think that right there in our backyard where we gr- grew up is the largest body of fresh water sitting right there, pristine environment. It, you know, it, it makes you think. It's a really special place.
2: Yeah. And- For me, I I think one of the, the, because I went to Madagascar, was my first, um, it was only the third country I had visited. So that is a um, very um, important place for me, just because I learned more about the third world and how other people live. So I still have that connection there. And I went to um, Morocco, and I thought Morocco was really, I really like Morocco a lot. People are very nice. And it's just beautiful. So many different landscapes there from the ocean to the mountains. It reminded me a little bit of California where you have the different um, types of environments there. But, of course, the people are very different. Um, also, Patagonia was uh, um, we a couple, uh, oh, about two years ago. We did a cruise down there um, where we both spoke about our travels. And. So we went from Chile around to the south, the tip of South America, and then up to uh, Argentina. And so that was a really neat area. And the people where we stopped were really nice. And it was very beautiful and dramatic with glaciers um, way down in the south. And of course Europe here, It's I really like it here a lot. There's so many interesting, Things to see and do here. Greece was one of my favorite places here. I, I always love Paris, um, Munich. Um, there's, there's a lot of places.
1: <laughs> is there one place that stands out out of the fold? Tsum Valley,
0: Nepal. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that?
1: Yeah.
0: It's uh, Shambhala. It's uh, for the Tibetans. It's uh, called a called a Bayul, which is a Shangri- uh, you know a Shangri-La. And it's a yes. It it was a remote valley uh, at over five thousand meters, uh, and the Tibetans came there eight hundred years ago. So it's it's way before the whole fleeing of with the Dalai Lama, and we were fortunate to be some of the first people to go in there. And it, it was and it was the beginning of our relationship too so it, it was really wonderful to, to to go into this. We started in a jungle atmosphere and we just hiked for days and days and days and we ended up in, in this you know high mountain valleys with monks and nuns and and it, you know it, it was uh, it was just magical and And very, very wild and remote and and deeply spiritual.
2: Another place that I I really, um, one of my favorites is southern Spain, Andalusia, where we have a a little small apartment. And when we first connected, we connected there. And it's just a beautiful area. Flamenco is um, the main thing that's in that area. And the people are so alive. It's one of the things in, like, Sicily. I love that area. I love the southern Mediterranean because it's kind of a mix of the more serious western and the more crazy um like Africa and, and some of these other countries it's sort of a mix of the two where, where you can where you feel people are more alive yeah. but yet they have a little bit more of the amenities than say you would somewhere further off the track off the beaten track yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh you know, speaking of that part of the world, it's unfortunate what's happening in, in Catalonia with the, uh, you know, the, the them declaring independence and, and it looks like the Spanish government government may retaliate, so it's, uh, you know, but conflicts happen around the world everywhere, uh, you know, which uh, which I guess leads me into one of our uh, questions, which is uh, uh, how do you deal with that that uncertainty that comes with traveling? the the safety aspect of things and and just (laughs) not knowing? Well, um,
0: uh, be prepared. Be aware of your surroundings. And and one thing that I've really learned in, in very dangerous places is never disregard anyone. Embrace people. So if someone comes up to you aggressively, don't ignore them. Even if they're trying to sell you something you don't want, look them in the face and say no mercy. Or you know, but don't disregard people. Always in, in, and in try to embrace people. Don't travel as an outsider. Try to you know try to be to respect the local culture. Try to make friends within the local culture. But I, the biggest thing I've really learned that that's I mean I've been in a lot of Pretty hairy situations in Africa, and, and uh, the one thing that I, I did learn over the last ten years was engage people; don't ignore them.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and be prepared, and, and be be aware. I mean, you know, if you're in a dangerous place, um, just have your eyes, all your senses aware. Um, have several plans in place. You know, if something goes bad, have a plan. You know, and and don't, you know, don't put yourself in harm's way. I mean, if, if you fly into a place, I flew into Bamako recently, and the, the city was under siege.
1: That's a Bamako and, in, in Mali.
0: In Mali. And I, you know, and I just made the quick decision, I don't need to be here right now. Yeah. yeah. So I left. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Go ahead, uh,
2: Oh, oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say, also, I think it it's important, like, being prepared is to, like, learn a little bit about the culture before you go. Especially, I think it's important for women so you know what's appropriate to wear in, the, in the different cultures. Yeah, what language they speak. Well,
0: speak, try to learn some of the language so you can at least, you know, address people and thank people and, you know, at least show the effort.
1: Yeah. Uh, Have you picked up any languages uh, during your travels at all?
0: About 20. (laughs) Any languages, wow. No, (laughs) but but not fluent in any of them. Um, I mean, yeah, it's really funny. As much as we've traveled, it's something that we're a little embarrassed about. We have to admit that we're really not fluent in a... I mean fluent in a second language where we could actually sit down and have a deep intellectual conversation in a in a second language and that's you know that's a shame and I would I would tell anyone out there if you want to be a true traveler or an ambassador of the world learn two or three languages well Because you will have a far better experience out there.
2: I I think it's important to start kids young too, like very young, like four or five years old. Because I studied French since I was um, 12, and yet when I go to French-speaking places, I still have a difficult time. (laughs) So I think when you're very young, it really helps you to pick up languages. We've decided
0: since we're so horrible with languages, and we're so mad about that, that we're going to develop our own.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's interesting. Uh, now, where would you recommend, I know we talked about some, some amazing places, where would you recommend that people travel to if they, if they could only visit one continent or one place?
0: Well, that was a very interesting question. I mean, that is a very interesting question. I, and I, I gave it some thought. And, um, you know, I think if you're really in an adventurous spirit, someone that wants adventure and, and a little bit edgy experience, go to Africa. Hmm. Africa is everything, but it's edgy and it, it'll challenge you on, you know, every day. Uh, if you're a spiritual person, and, you know, I would go to Asia. <laughs> if you wanted, you know, intellectual culture and historical things, go to Europe. You know, yes. if you want McDonald's, go to North America. <laughs> <laughs> no. well, I'm you, just joking.
2: Yeah, you have the big nature in North America, I'm too. I'm just
0: joking. So, yeah. Dep- I mean, you know, for me, that's just really generally speaking... Uh, it depends on your character. I mean, what, what turns you on? What's meaningful to you?
2: Or even maybe like somebody who's been studying Spanish might want to go to South America to practice just learning their language, the, the language better, or French to Africa, or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so,
1: no, that's an yeah. interesting way of putting it, uh, kind of tagging uh, every specific characteristic to a continent. I think that, that's really, uh, actually, it does ring through what I think about it. Do you guys have any plans to visit any other countries uh, at the
0: moment? (laughs) 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 Boy, that's a funny question. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I I think a few people know, but we can, I think, safely uh, announce. We are doing a a transect world walk. So our plan is to... uh, We're going to walk around the world and we're going to weave through sacred space, sacred landscape, um, emphasizing water, and uh, long-distance remote trails. And... Uh, we're going to start in Canada. We're going to start in where the Vikings landed in, Can- in Newfoundland. <laughs> and we're going to come down, and we're even going to come down the north shore of Lake Superior, and then across and South America. but. That's our plan. That's our dream. I I had this dream since I was 16, and when I reconnected with Siffy, as a joke, I just said, how would you like to walk around the world with me? And she said, I'd love to. (laughs) And I said, that's my
1: gal. Yeah, that's how you know that you guys are made for each other. Yeah, that's right. And um, uh, uh, about a year and a
2: half ago, we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with the, one of the first people first to person walk the, around w- the world.
0: Yeah, Stephen Newman. I didn't know that.
2: Wrote a book about it. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the early 80s, I yeah. think it was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah did he say you, you wrote a book about it? Yeah, he did. Yeah, The yeah. Walkabout. Well,
0: Stephen did. Yeah, The World Walk. Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: and and sure. last year we did uh, The Walkabout Chronicles, an anthology of epic walks. And so we had very connected with. Like, right now, there's five people walking around the world. There's only been nine that have ever done it. Really? So, you know, hundreds of people have climbed Mount Everest, or thousands. Hundreds of people have gone to the North Pole, but only a handful have walked around the world.
1: Uh, That's interesting. Yeah.
2: And it's something, you know, everybody can do, walk. It's not anything...
0: And we both have this... Dramatic. we (laughs) We both have this inner drive or meaning or to, to um, do something meaningful, something that will make a difference. Well,
2: we don't want to just walk as we're walking. We want to be able to collect environmental data, um, find out how things have changed from the past to now, and hopefully this can help for the future to um, help you know, the societies.
1: Is that data going somewhere? Or-
2: more initial planning of it, but, um, yeah. Well,
0: it'll go probably with the university, yeah. maybe SIFI's, St. Mary's in Minnesota. And, I'm of course, sure we'll, we'll write a, a wonderful book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: Think Darwin, you know. <laughs> thinking, so talking about books, actually, you, you guys recently finished a, a book project. Uh, can you tell us a little more about it? Well, well we're, we're
0: working right now, burning the midnight candle, trying to finish uh, an anthology called The Pilgrimage Chronicles, Embrace the Quest, and this is um, a second in a series. The first was The Walkabout Chronicles, Epic Journeys by Foot, and that book was a, we, we gathered uh, essays from, uh, I guess, 35 people that have done epic walks, walked around the world. Walk the length of the Amazon, the Nile, the Trans Himalaya. And we, as we developed this book and it was successful, we started thinking about kind of our own personal journey and the idea of, of a quest. Yeah. You know, I mean, everyone hopefully has a quest in their life, a, you know, a dream as a sort of pilgrimage they can go towards and so we just decided to run with it and just put out I just started contacting people put the word out you know do you have a quest or have you done a pilgrimage and through the first book we met so many amazing people and it just sort of blossomed and all of a sudden people were sending their story you know to us and And we were reaching out to people that we thought were extraordinary, you know, had extraordinary situations. And Omar, thank you for joining in this.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Tribe. I call it a tribe. Yeah, thank you for (laughs) including me, by the way. Uh, full disclosure, I I actually submitted an essay for the Pilgrimage (laughs) Chronicles, which I I thought was just amazing to be part of. Uh, I think you guys had, what, 36, 37 authors? Oh, we do it
0: yeah i mean so many people it's amazing it's it covers the entire globe it covers all different types of experiences i mean there's you know there's i mean a quest can be anything it can be to find a rare bird it could be to to do the camino pilgrimage to go to an ancestral home so we you know it's going to be an amazing book and uh our goal, I guess you could say, is to inspire people to go out and and really go after their quest.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. I I know there are people who spend their entire lives within a fifty mile radius, and and uh, you know I think everything is a personal choice. Uh, but you know, for me, I, I I just I have to I can't imagine not seeing the world or at least parts parts of it. Um, mm-hmm. And now. Is this book available? Or has it been released yet?
0: Well, <laughs> no,
2: it should be we, by the end of November. Yeah,
0: yeah, We're 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 in the formatting stages, but it'll be you know if everything goes well, it should be available at the end of November, beginning of December on Amazon. Okay, internationally.
1: Yeah. Right, sounds. I'll I'll make sure to put that in the show notes for people to to check it out. Uh, and mm-hmm. I did I did see some of the 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 work that was that was submitted and. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta say it's some of the stories are, are amazing uh, and uh, seeing yes. mm-hmm. you know all the perspectives and uh, just the, the choices that people make to to mm-hmm. see the world is, is really really eye opening and I think if anything it opens the mind up to uh, if I speak from my personal own personal experience um, when you travel there's a certain sense of 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 I guess uh, nakedness uh, in, in a nice way that mm-hmm. uh, you know Nothing is for granted necessarily, and you, you, I guess you unleash parts of your yourself that you didn't realize you had in you, and that's. Uh, I think this book captures that very well. Um, so, any any last words that you guys may have about travel or in the book or anything else?
0: I would just say, um, take the first step, be brave, accept
1: failure, and keep on keeping on. <laughs> Couldn't have said it any better. Any, any final words,
2: Uh I would have to say the same. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't have said it better either.
1: <laughs> well, perfect. I, I thank you very much, guys, for, for coming on the podcast and sharing your, your insights on, on your own personal experiences. And, of course, the book. Uh, and I think you guys did a great work with the, the cover and and just putting it together. Um, so I, I look forward to, to seeing that um, once it hits Amazon and, and the stores. Uh, do you guys have any uh, a personal website or another place where people can go to learn more about you and uh, out of? Yes, uh,
0: we have a website, uh, com.
1: Okay, great. I'll make sure to add that to the show notes as well. Uh, great. Well, thank you very much. It, it was a pleasure talking to you. And finally, uh, Sifi, I know you and I haven't <laughs> spoken. We've been in touch with you yeah, on Facebook. It's been so right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so Thank you very much. I'm sure listeners will, will get some very good um, insights from this episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you very great. much.
2: Thank you, Omar.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to have to go out and uh, hang out together in the spring. We'll be back.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Next, when you, yeah, yeah when you come to the U.S., let me know. We'll have to find a way to to connect.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: sounds great. That'd be fun. Great. Well, thank you very much. All thank right. you,
2: Omar. Okay. Keep,
0: keep on keeping on. <laughs>
1: That was my interview with Sifi and Tor. I hope you found it insightful as much as I did. Some of the takeaways for me were that travel is really one of the quickest ways to open our minds and put ourselves in someone else's shoes in a meaningful way. It makes us more compassionate and makes us realize that there are amazing places around the world that we were meant to see. Our problems start to become insignificant in the grand scheme of things which makes them strangely enough more manageable because we see them in a whole new perspective after we've traveled the world and i've seen a few things so my advice to you is get out there cross an ocean and see the world by the way you guys can now leave me a voicemail for free through my website you don't even need a phone to do that So if you have any questions you want to ask me or a topic you would like me to cover on the podcast, head on over to umarjang.com. When you get to the website, you will see a ribbon on the left-hand corner that says leave me a voicemail and just click on the button to leave me a voicemail right there on the website. Finally, I will ask you for one small favor. If you like what you heard here today, take a minute to subscribe to the podcast, but most importantly, Share the podcast if you know someone who could benefit from it. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And as always, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye.
2: Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.